There's the kick. It is up. It is no good. No one missed. I think we got a heck of a shot of winning. We beat anybody in the world, and I think we're going to win next Sunday. Eli Manning stays on his feet, airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. For all you non-believers, disrespect us. Talk crap about the defense like we ain't the third best defense in the league. See you in Pittsburgh. Can't wait. Fitzpatrick. Enzo. Eric Decker holds it in. The Jets win in overtime. And the New York Giants, given last rights by many in December, are the Super Bowl champs in February. This is NFL Friday. Going long on all news, reaction, and game picks for the Giants, Jets, and across the NFL on WFUV Sports. Welcome into NFL Friday, the NFL podcast for WFUV Sports. I'm Bridge Gotham. Join alongside Colin Locker and Chris Persianen. And guys, a lot to break down here on this Thursday edition of the podcast. We're all busy with finals, but we're here to talk all things football and let's jump right into it. Giants are playing the Commanders this week. Both teams are 7-5-1. and one. The winner of this game likely is in a better position to make the playoffs. The loser's percentage to make the playoffs will drop significantly. Colin, I'll start with you. What do the Giants need to do to win this game? They're going to need a big game from Daniel Jones. Uh, honestly, there's no way they go to Washington and beat these Commanders if they're going to rely solely on Saquon Barkley's legs and the rushing game to really carry them. Commanders, ninth best team in the NFL in terms of limiting rushing yards. Also very good against the pass. That defense as a whole is kind of what's carried them, along with some good game management from Taylor Heineke after the Wentz experiment earlier in the year. I look at what the Giants need to do, and I see a team that just needs some luck in this game. You need a good performance from Daniel Jones. You need guys that haven't stepped up at the receiving core to really have good games where they at least get open on small crossing routes, and you need to keep it close. That's what the Giants seem to do best. Historically speaking, it's what they've done best. They've stayed close and in it until the end. That's the formula for a Giants Super Bowl. We know that from their days playing New England in 07, New England after the 11th season. Same deal here. The road to success is keeping it close and getting a good game from Daniel Jones. We talked about it before the show in pre-production. We were saying that you know, the Giants, they hang with their opponents for a while. And I think, to your point, the difference that they need to make is they need to force a key turnover at, at one point in the game or they need to make a play on special teams because, yeah, they'll stay close with the commanders throughout the game, um, but it's not going to be their offensive firepower that's going to propel them because they, they don't really have the offensive power firepower necessary. I'm watching Darius Slayton. Too. If he's going to have a big game, it needs to be this yeah, I mean, one. He's been the number one target for Daniel Jones this season just simply because he's one of the only target. I mean, you, yeah, you injuries, just James, who they I had mean, going in. Yeah, it's it's been a it's been a disaster uh, down the stretch for the Giants. But, yeah, I completely agree, and you hope, you hope the best for Saquon Barkley, who's struggled in the last four weeks. His best rushing game, uh, 63 yards over the last four weeks. It was, it was against the Commanders. You need to get at least 100 yards out of him if you're going to have a solid Giants win. Um, but I'll, I'll move it over to Chris here now. Chris, if the Giants lose this game, is there any sort of hope left in this season, or do you just close the door? Listen, if the Giants lose this game, no matter what you want to say on paper, the juice in the building is going to be gone. Uh, they've been running low on fuel you know, these last couple of weeks once that hot streak 
ended to start the year. It felt like the book was out on the New York Giants. Teams knew what they were dealing with, knew how to scheme and stop them. And they've done nothing in response to it. It feels like they are just kind of, uh, how do I put it? The Giants were a battering ram, right? And they were breaking through whatever door was getting put in front of them. And everyone said, oh, but they're only getting through weak doors. And then they played some pretty tough doors and broke right through same way they always had. Now, battering ram is falling apart and there's the wood is chipping and the casing fell off and they're still just using it as if it's the same thing it was. It's running out of its luster, its juice. It, the Giants are not the team that they started the season as and, and that proves to you that they're not an actually good team. Actual good teams start the season not showing everything they've got playbook-wise. They start the season... Um, differently from how they finish it they look like two different teams and that reason for that is because the lead strategists and play callers develop these calls over the season they dupe the film they do all the fake reads the real reads you know whatever it is that by the end of the year you have a whole playbook laid out should look like a different team than they did at the start of the year the giants feel like the exact same team and the reason why is because they literally just do not have the talent to play like a different one and i think you got to credit Dable for making the most out of this roster. I also think you have to understand from a zoomed out perspective that this year was supposed to be a cap clearing year for these New York Giants. This was not supposed to be any sort of season where on field success was necessary and paramount and everything like that. Uh, I think this season has kind of always just been a float in the water and see how far above or below sea level you make it at the end of the year kind of year and then you know you get your assets reevaluate your cap situation and all that fun stuff right it feels like to end this season the giants are kind of beating a dead horse it's like could they just finish the season with the record they have now <laughs> yeah could they just opt out of the rest be like we learned enough guys we know what we got in our young guys let's just everyone's gonna go home and heal now you know like this feels like a purposeless portion of the season so I kind of am going to switch this back on you guys. How can the Giants make this conducive to long-term success? How can they make these last couple games purposeful? I'm going to start and say they got to keep up the fire and they got to show teams, show potential free agents, show young players that maybe might tell their agents to go guide them towards the, the you know, the metropolitan area and the draft process. Um, that this is a team that they should want to come play for and that this is a team that's going to fight hard. It's fun to be a part of. Way to show people that is to fight hard throughout the end of the year. So even if your playoff chances are slim to none, you know, which the Giants are doing a little better than that right now, you, you know, you, you got to say, I think you still got to just fight and finish the year strong. The NFL is known for having parity, known for its games getting close. Do that. Keep the games close. Have some of those weird late-season wins upset the vikings you know whatever it is like they're not they're not upsetting minnesota but you you get my point like go out there and play like you're still 12 and 1 like the eagles you know go out there and fight till the end that is how this team can make the end the rest of this season productive for them long term see what you have in your young players keep giving guys like slayton reps see if you want to keep them around long term obviously new york's got to look to the receiver room in the draft this offseason but do you have guys on the roster right now that could be a good number three down the road i think you do so 
figure it out. Figure out who's who and what's what on this Giants team. Keep playing hard and, and let the competitors show you who they are. Because they'll they'll show you that they'll if they stop trying at the end of the season, you know that those guys may not be people you want to keep around in this this culture that you're building here. And and as opposed to coming in and saying, We're gonna build a culture and it's gonna be so great and we're gonna win so many games. <laughs> Uh, Dable has been like, hey, let's just play football, see how it goes. Right? Let's, how about we play good football? And they've been doing that now, obviously, on a skid recently due to uh, not a lot of winning, a lot of losing, losing, tying, and losing. Um, but to finish this season strong against the Commanders, the Colts, the Eagles, and, of course, those Vikings, win one game. Win one of these games at absolute minimum. Try to win two. See if you can get... Washington and Indianapolis. See if you finish at 9-7-1. and one. Let's see. Let's see what this Giants team is. Who are they really? You mentioned the word parity, and it's for that reason I have to push back that it's good enough for the Giants to just kind of roll in a ball from here. I think the parameters for what we're looking for shifted as the season went on. And you also mentioned the word culture. Heading into this quasi-rebuild, I think is the best way to put it, when you bring in Shane and Dable, you clean house in a sense, still owned by the Mara family. The Giants kind of had the same issue that I think sometimes the Yankees suffer from, in that we're the Giants. We've been there, done that. Two Super Bowls since the year 2000, a couple before that, Lawrence Taylor, were the tough New York football team. It's just this sense of it's going to happen eventually, and then it just didn't happen for the longest time. You didn't have playoff success. You struggled to find uh, a key offensive line member that could really tailor and help the team going forward. I think your parameters for success have now shifted to the point where, yes, you should make the playoffs this year based on your start, based on what Dable has come in here and do, because he's changed the narrative from we don't have the talent to compete to it might not matter that we don't have the talent to compete. We're just a really good schematic football team that can beat you with that battering ram. I think overall the Giants are just this type of team now where you got to win two of these games. I think winning two gets you in because I'm looking at who's behind them. Yeah. Seattle does not frighten me no. if I'm the Giants. They're playing the San Lions, Francisco tonight. But exactly, and that's might well we'll get to our picks later. Right. I think that might be a loss. Spoiler yeah. alert. Mm-hmm. The Lions too on the rise. This is not their year. The Packers are dead in the water. You're telling me you can't finish above the Seahawks, who are led by Geno Smith, and the Lions who are led by Jared Goff. Now, you have Daniel Jones as the New team, York man. Giants. They are a good team, but you're led by Geno Smith. So this is the whole it's thing. A good Gino, Geno a Smith is a, good... game, he's a game manager in the same way Daniel Jones. He's a little bit better of a game manager. I'll give that. And yes, I know you're going to pull up the completion percentage. He's I know Geno's been year. very good this year. I'm still not a believer in Geno Smith, but I digress. I think the Giants' success parameters have changed as the season's worn on because of the parity in the NFL to the point where... If you told me today they sneak into the playoffs and that somehow, some way, they end up playing the Vikings, I might be tempted to say that's closer than people expect. Yeah. I might be tempted to say the Giants find a way to win that game because look who you're going up against. It's Kirk Cousins. It's not exactly Tom Brady game, in the playoffs. Exactly. Is, Gino, in a Smith, is game. Gino Smith a top 15 quarterback? I think so. Top Depends 15. on what your metric is, but I'd say, yeah, he's I think, probably I think top yeah. 15 yeah. this year. So you're telling me the Giants can't beat Geno Smith? I, I, I think well, they that's where we're at. Year. I think acting like They lost to the Seahawks not, earlier this year. Acting like I mean. he's not good is uh, is a stretch. I think, yeah, and the Seahawks literally beat the Giants this season. You think about the expectations for the Seahawks Gino, this Gino year. Geno Smith outplayed them. So, similar to the Giants in terms of 
different, but also like uh, they're I'll say they're this overperforming. Much. It's not that I think the Giants are a massively better team than Seattle. I just think right now they're more well run. That's not a knock on Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll is a great coach. I just think Dable has lit this type of fire that we can't ignore. And because of the parity in the NFL, my definition of success for this team has changed a little bit. It's not like I'm expecting them to win yep. the Super Bowl. It's just changed a tad. I'll actually agree with you somewhat on that because we've both we've all said it. The Giants have overperformed this year, and it was a very apparent four or five weeks into the season when they started knocking off the Packers, who you know we know now that they're not that good, but beating them across the pond in London was was very unexpected, and then coming back and beating the Ravens at home. I mean, led by Lamar Jackson. When once those two wins came on the board, you were like, oh, okay, this this team is good, and fans in the New York area are very quick to change their expectations. Last year it was you know we're horrible, this this and that. Once the Giants got to five or six wins and it was week seven or week eight, all of a sudden they're like, hey, wait, we're pretty good. And when you look at the coaching staff, the difference wasn't necessarily the players because more or less this team is the same as it was last year. Yeah, a couple differences, but more or less same team. So what's the difference? It's that Dable makes the most out of the players. This is exactly what you were saying. You look at the different concepts that Daniel Jones has had. When they were better earlier this year, they were running more play action, just different plays. that You know that Daniel Jones does not throw the deep ball well. That's not his strength. So you just find out other ways. Give him more opportunities to run on third and eight. You know, Open up the left side of the field. Do what you got to do. Brian Dable, and give credit to Mike Kafka too, the OC. Great stuff. So, yeah, they were overperforming, but basically what Brian Dable did was squeezing every ounce of goodness out of these players, which – which is awesome. Uh, but uh, to sort of answer Chris's question, you know, what can the Giants do down the stretch? You have, I believe, four games left. This game is really going to make or break their season. We obviously know that, but it's it's also going to define the identity of this team because teams like the Lions, who started off the season horribly but have been trending up, even if they don't make the playoffs, if you finish the season winning, let's say, you know, you only lose two out of your last 10 games or something like that, you're going into that offseason feeling really good. You're like, wow, we have an identity. We know what we are, and players are going to want to come play here because of the culture, and we still have a decent draft pick for next year. Like, There's lot, there's lots of different things. You feel a lot better ending strong than, than starting strong. I mean, I know that's obvious, but I think you have to remember that in the NFL because if the Giants continue in free fall, let's say they lose to the Commanders this week. Let's say they lose all their games except the Colts. They're going to finish... I believe eight, eight and eight, ten and one, eight, eight and one. Yeah, eight, eight and one because they're seven, five. Yeah, so they'd be eight, eight and one, five hundred team. Let's say they narrowly missed the playoffs. That's going to be devastating. And if you told me they're eight, 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 eight and one before the season, wow, that's really good. Like they, I would have expected them to win five or six games this year. So you have to put things into perspective. Before the year, you love eight, eight and one, but after how well they were able to play and after what Dable and the whole coaching staff was able to get out of these players, you're thinking, hey. Our ceiling's a little bit higher than I initially thought it was. So I think for the Giants, you absolutely need to make the playoffs. I think we all know they're not going to go to the Super Bowl, but that's not the goal this year. The goal is to just get in. They haven't gotten in since 2016, and they got blown out in that game. Just get into the playoffs, have a game, get the fans excited. Just uh, remind people what football, what playoff football in New York is like, even if they're on the road. Just the excitement that you can generate around a team. We saw it. Chris knows the Knicks. First round series, you know how much that did for the Knicks, and yeah, it was a combination of everything opening up post COVID. Like they opened MSG, that was the series they opened it up. Yeah, that helped a lot. But just being in the playoffs, 
changed everything, the culture. Hey, this is awesome. Same thing can happen with the Giants. And I think the big market aspect of this is important as oh, well. It's yeah. not like you're playing in the middle of nowhere. You're not in like New you're York. Minnesota. You, <laughs> <laughs> you are in New York. There's something to be said about the fact that the standard here is different than other places. Now, whether that's right or wrong is largely up for debate, but if you ask football fans, no, you're expected to win to one degree or another. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like football fans will be furious if you don't win a Super Bowl every season. Right. But at least put up an effort. And for years, the Giants just were a shell of a football team. In fact, some people didn't even know if they were actually playing football out there or if it was just something that looked adjacent to football. That's how bad it was I, last year. I, I make that point a lot, man, that, that Giants fans and NFL fans, even in general, don't understand how bad that Joe Judge team was. And and, and it's because... Horrible. Bad... Like, <laughs> Bad teams in the NFL are always they, they fight, right? right? They fight and they they're gritty. Just look at the Texans last so, week, right so, against the Cowboys. So if you're yeah. if you're the if you're the Giants and you don't score twenty points like once, <laughs> you know what I like? They literally just couldn't score above fourteen points in a game. It wasn't happening, and so they were so bad. There was so much to undo from the previous regimes, plural that. You know, I feel like we still got a Reese guy on the roster at this point. Like, mm-hmm. uh, there's so much to undo from from Gettleman, who set this franchise back a lot of years, mm-hmm. and and who not didn't he didn't inherit the best situation himself. He made it even worse by a lot. Uh, this front office needed. They basically told fans, "Hey, this whole first year." Have fun, I guess. This team's going to stink. We're going to stink because we are paying $60 million to people to not be on the field. Yep. It's like, what, this is awful. And that team was so bad that that even just winning six games this year would have been a monumental uh, improvement. So the fact that this Giants team has seven wins right now, like mm-hmm. I, I expected them to win five this year. This yep. season, I thought this was a five. I said this is a four to five wins. Four or five win yep. team, talent wise, and and maybe with good coaching. If the Giants finally hire a good coach, they scratch maybe the they surface. Get six. They, maybe they just yeah, they claw that yeah. week eighteen yep. sixth win. Eagles know? have nothing to play for that last week. You know they're gonna go into that week eighteen with at least seven. So you know, for me, I, I think the reason I said what I said at the start right. was the the playing field was so tilted. That to even just be where this team is, uh, that's not like just fine or that's not okay. That's really, really good. It's really, really good. And you're playing with house money. That doesn't mean give up the rest of the season. It, it means fight and it means show teams that, you know, you are that team that they hate playing. Show players that they should want to come be part of your team. But also just, you know, take a little bit and be like, hey, we're set up really nicely for the future. That Justin Fields trade that the Giants right. made, they completely blew the pick that they traded back with, but that extra first-round pick landed them what's looking to be a, a, the, the second installation in their pair of novels of bookend tackles there, and, and I just think they're set. I think they're set to continue adding to this team the way the Jets did in the offseason. You see, the Jets took a win-now approach. Giants did not. The Giants don't need to take that approach yet, but this offseason, they can actually start spending some money. I trust them to spend it intelligently, putting together the trenches, improving the O-line even further, um, and locking in some of these defensive players that are on these young deals. I think this team, 
has a lot to learn from this season. Uh, and they can, they, you know, like I was saying earlier, just set up these last couple of weeks to where you still have things to learn about your team and you're not just running the same product and be experimental, go for it on fourth and three, whatever it is, give it a yep. shot. Yeah. No, I mean, you kind of covered all the bases there and people forget how bad it was even a couple years ago. I mean, the fact that the giants nearly missed the playoffs in 2020, but it was because they won six instead of seven games. And people thought that that was a success. They're like, oh, man, we almost made the playoffs at six and ten. Like, no, like that's not a good year. Um, and everyone's like, oh, if we run the table, this, this, and that. I was one of those people, I'll tell you right now. I was extremely upset when the Eagles threw the game uh, against uh, Washington when they put in Nate Sudfeld at quarterback because if the Eagles had won that game, the Giants would have made the playoffs. Whatever, right? The Giants are in really good shape now relative to where they were a lot of improvements to be made still but going to those last four weeks win a game or two and it all starts this sunday night giants take on the commanders let's move to the other side of metlife stadium the other locker room jets hosting the lions this week in a matchup that has i've said playoff implications a million times but for both these teams playoff implications uh chris i'll start with you the jets have been up and down this year obviously the quarterback situation has been Hilarious. Hilarious. Um, Mike White suffered an injury against the Bills, came back, came back. He is supposed to play. Zach Wilson's been elevated to the QB2. Is this is this situation still distracting? The Jets are at 7-6 and six here, Lions at 6-7. and seven. Jets are also a one-point favorite. Just tell me the keys to the game, uh, especially for the Jets going down the stretch run. They have the Lions, then the Jags, the Seahawks, and then they finish with the Dolphins. Listen, man, this Jets team, you talk about, you know, learning from your young core and whatever. Well, this was this was year four for Joe Douglas. So it's kind of time for him to start putting some wins on the board. It's why you saw the team be so aggressive, target Brees Hall that early in the draft. And he looked really good. Now yep. you've got Bam Knight winning rookie of the week uh, with Hall out, you know, just a sign that these Jets are good at bringing in talent. Um Listen, you got Wilson, you know, you got these guys, Garrett, you got these guys looking really good, these young players, um, and there's something that seems to be in common with them, and it's that they all would rather play for Mike White than Zach Wilson. Uh, Mike White saying there's no doubt he's going to play Sunday against the Detroit Lions, so there's there's your answer on that one. Um, I, I think... I think moving Zach Wilson to the number two QB spot was the thing to do. Flacco is immobile. He's a statue out there, and he cannot play in the current NFL level. Cannot play. He cannot play if you want to win a football game. I think he's a really good tank commander. I think if you're a team that just wants to get that number one overall pick, doesn't need to learn anything, doesn't have any young quarterbacks to evaluate, sure, throw Flacco in there. You can get away with starting him and not having your fans think that you're actively trying to lose. But uh, Wilson is, is somehow better than him. So, you know, I get with going Wilson as the number two, going with Wilson as the number two, uh, going with number two as your number two QB. But, but, but it doesn't matter because these Jets players love Mike White uh, to the extent where they came out after White's first start, basically had a parade in the locker room with the media. Uh, hey, guys, we got thrown the ball. We got a quarterback. And, and they were just letting it fly on Zach Wilson saying all sorts of different things about how, you know, oh, this wasn't happening and this wasn't happening. Yeah, well, you might as well just say the guy's name at that rate, right? Mm -hmm. um, I, I think this Jets team figured a lot about themselves out this season. You know, I, I think they got some answers that they needed to have. Uh, some players back on, on 
defense from injury and and you just you look at where this team is now okay i don't even know what their record is because I, I i don't care but Se- seven and what six. is it seven, seven and six? six okay yeah so I, I don't care about the record the reason i say that is because they've shown enough to me to say this is a coach you stick with this is a gm you stick with just go another year let them let them do the next thing here um you know, do you give Douglas another QB? Do you, do you do you let him draft again? Do you bring in a consultant and say, "Hey, Joe, you can pick your next quarterback. Just make sure this guy agrees." <laughs> you know, whatever it is, um, I, I think they've got their core brain trust wise, and that was a question for them uh, coming into this season: was is Joe Douglas making it past this year? So um, stick with the guys you got. Continue to build with them. Make your football team better over the off season. Don't be afraid to spend some money. Uh, I would say the Jets and the Giants should be afraid to use draft picks just yet. Um, but the Jets, listen, if there's a stud, 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 you know, player out there and they want to make an upgrade, go ahead. I just think that this Jets team has a clear and visible path to sustainable contention. They should not rush their way there. They should just make sure they get there uh, for the rest of this season. How can they do that? Just like I said with the Giants, keep seeing what you've got in your players. Give Mike White all the reps. See if that that guy's worth it. Um, maybe last game of the season is meaningless. You go you go to Zach Wilson. But let's see what we're keeping around, what we're not as we go into the offseason. And then, you know, when you're trying to put a team together, I feel like you, you, you can wear goggles that kind of hide flaws of players a little bit. It's really important to just keep guys around that are worth something. You know, but as you get better, you get to you get to have a little more scrutiny, right? You get to say, oh, well, he's really good, but in a playoff setting, maybe we need to move on. Um, it, it's time for the Jets to actually, I can't not, I, I'm saying this, I'm really saying this, but it's time for the Jets to put on the serious goggles and start to trim <laughs> the fat on the roster. They are ready to win now. They're ready to go into an offseason with a win-now mindset for the second year in a row and actually make some move. Like, this team is just primed and bursting at the seams with young talent go get it go get after it go get something done because i think this jets team is ready to take flight this is the most important stretch of jets football coming up since 2015 and that horrid loss that fitzpatrick had against buffalo that basically (sighs) bounced them from the playoff picture I have a lot to say about these Jets. I became very familiar with these Jets researching for my previous job. And everyone who knows me and has worked with me since 2021 knows that I was so down on Zach Wilson. I don't think I have said one positive thing about Zach Wilson at this station other than the arms okay. And my prior concerns about Zach Wilson have been proven true this year. I had three concerns. The size, the maturity... And just the quarterback IQ. In terms of maturity, it's not there. As a franchise guy, you have to get on the podium. And when you're inevitably asked the question, do you feel as if you've let your defense down? You have to answer, yes, I could have played better. It's on me. Even if the media and others, and this would have happened, said, well, you can't put it all on Wilson. He's young. O-line's a little banged up. It's the right thing to say. It's the right thing to say. Maturity's not there. Big X. Quarterback IQ, also not there. Because Mike White's out there outplaying you by a mile. By a mile. It's not even close. The type of throws that Mike White is making outside the numbers is impressive. I haven't seen it from a Jets quarterback since maybe Sanchez. Maybe Pennington, if you really want to go far back. Because Fitzpatrick was the type of guy who could just kind of manage the game. He had some good throws from time to time. Not the same thing. 
as what you're seeing from Mike White now, also in the sense of Mike White has the room. So you got a guy with quarterback IQ, right? Western Kentucky guy, I believe. Not really cut of the cloth of Alabama, LSU, any of those schools. So he's kind of had a grind for what he's been given. So now he gets the respect of this team of kind of put-together misfits, but also some guys that were highly touted that are kind of cutting their teeth. Someone like Garrett Wilson, very covered in the draft, obviously, but has taken a little bit of a step back in the NFL, had a couple of good games, working his way back up towards that dominant receiver role that he saw in college. Mike White is the perfect quarterback for this team because he's not this untouchable figure that we all made Zach Wilson out to be. I remember that was a discussion. Oh, it's going to be Wilson and Daniel Jones. They both have the arm. They're mobile, quarterback IQ, all this nonsense. He's not the guy. And it's so obvious to me that this team doesn't want to play for him. The, the Mike White t-shirts and the Jets PR staff puts that out onto their social media. This is the most important stretch. And if you're a Jets fan, you have to be thanking your lucky stars that it's not Zach Wilson playing quarterback right now, or Joe Flacco, for that matter, that Chris. They, that they even had Mike White. I, I mean, listen, man, for this, this, the, where did he, you know, you want to say where did he come from? Well, we've, Western we've, Kentucky. We've, we've kind of been familiar yeah. with that story at this point now. Uh, but he was never part of the plans for these Jets. I think that's, like, the point you just made that's really, like, important. Is he was never in their plans. It was, it was, he was playing, like, Q, <laughs> and he worked out. Right. That's lucky. It's, it's, inc- it's incredibly lucky. And you look at the schedule coming up. These are winnable games for the Jets. The Lions is winnable. The Jaguars is winnable. I'll even say so much, they can beat Miami at Miami. I know Miami's been very good this year, but by that point in the season, given what I do know about Tua in that he's not the most durable guy on earth, and that's not really a knock on Tua, that's just the reality of the type of quarterback he is right now, I don't know if they're going to be able to handle the Jets at that point. It also depends on if the Dolphins lose another game or two. That game, the winner of that game could be who gets into right. that last playoff spot. So obviously you always play to win, but they're all there's something extra of win or go home. Right. And to, to this point about Mike White being injured with the ribs, I know you brought it up at the top of the segment, yeah. Bridge. Zach Wilson could never do what Mike White's about to do. You would hear complaining for days about the ribs. Now, that's not to say that a player should play through this type. I'm not insinuating that. I understand what you're saying. But I kind of like the fact that Mike White's got a little something to him. He's got a set. I'm sorry. Zach Wilson does not have that same character to him. This is a very winnable game against the Lions. I know the Lions are hot. Got back Jameson Williams very recently. The offense has looked like a flamethrower out there. I don't know, though. There's just something about this game that's going to be in cold New York. I don't know how Goff is going to be able to throw in the cold here. I like the Jets to maybe win this game against Detroit. And if you win that one, you keep on rolling. I know I've just spoiled my pick there, so to speak, but there's a realistic chance this team runs the table in the season. Chris? Man, I don't know about all that, but for this Jets team, you look at who they're playing coming up, as Colin was talking about. Lions, but Lions, even after that, Lions, you're talking about the Jaguars? And they're hosting the Jags, right? I think they can beat the Jags. I think they can beat the Seahawks on the road. I think those Seahawks are, on the road those, will be those tough. Are, those are two games you can mark down as wins. But I don't think it'll be like they're not I mean they you know what? I, I don't hate 
I don't. None of those. I don't hate all those games are winnable. I don't hate it. I, I think that golf is pretty comfortable in the cold because of where Detroit is located. But, but they play, they play in inside. Dome. They. Yeah, you're right. Oh, you're right. And he's he was started in L.A. and he still couldn't throw the ball there. Throw the yeah. ball. He's throwing the ball better now. I shouldn't be this. Uh, yeah. He's decent. Mean to Jared he's, Goff. He's <laughs> decent. He's a decent player. Um. Hey, four. Yeah, nah. Let me say they drop one, but. I, I don't know if it'll be against Detroit. I think they win that game against Detroit too. I like I like that I like that take. I think that the Jets just come to play a little bit. You know the the, the Lions they have a staff uh, formed of a lot of former players. Their whole vibe is, you know, we know the game and we're gonna play tough and we're gonna you know bite your kneecaps off and <laughs> all that stuff. The Jets are like, hey, we're just good. We're just good. We're just yeah. gonna, we're just gonna be good. So uh, they've got this little this little cool factor to them that the Lions don't. The Lions it feels like. Every three points, the Lions score. They have to be like, and we were underdogs coming into this year. They didn't believe it up. Like, okay, DJ Khaled. Like, let's take a, <laughs> let's take a deep breath. The Jets are just good. I do want to <laughs> add just something to that effect of having to deal with an underdog on offense if you're the Jets' uh, defense. I really think C.J. Mosley is going to be a big part of this stretch. Coming from Baltimore, a culture that, while now is more offensively based, People forget sometimes Baltimore was defense central for years and years and years. Ray Lewis, Lewis. Ed Reed, that whole crew, just being around that culture with a front office that believes defense can make the difference Mm -hmm. and then coming to New York, that's pivotal in terms of a leadership perspective. Mosley, a captain on the team, I think he's a linebacker that's going to be very important for the Jets in this final stretch. Oh, no doubt. And I know we mentioned that the Jets should be fine if they win – However many games. They have four left, but they can easily win three out of those four. But I'm going to stress here before we move on to our picks that this is almost a must win because if you lose to the Lions, you you fall to 500. And while that isn't the end of the world, I think being 8-6 and six at this point in the year feels significantly better than being 7-7. Seven and seven. And if you fall to 500 and then it's like, oh, man, it's a, I have to, we have to face a tough, hard-nosed Jags team, and now we really have to win this game, and then you lose that, you're 7-8. and eight. Oh, shoot, we have to go to Seattle to take on the Seahawks, and they're also fighting for their playoff lives? I don't know if I want to be there. And then maybe Miami, let's say you beat the Seahawks. Let's say you're 8-8 eight and eight going to that final week, and, oh, man, we have to beat Miami, who's also 8-8 eight and eight or 9 and, or whatever. Like, winning this week will make your life a lot easier, and I know that's so obvious, but, like, I can't stress it enough. Beat the Lions at home. Stop this battering ram, as Chris was telling the Giants earlier, because the Lions have been rolling. Stop it in its tracks, and Jets will be in good shape. I also think you're going to see the home field advantage really come home to roost in these next two games. It hasn't been there for the past maybe five, six years. But, like, the holidays coming around, people taking off of work, you know, like, it's just the excitement will be a bit, you know, I've noticed even here in New York listening to, you know, WFAN, ESPN, things like that. The callers are coming in on New York football, and it's a lot of Jets callers. These are fans that are very much like Mets fans in the regard that they are ready for some taste of playoff action. Oh, they're ready. They've been ready. And speaking of playoffs, speaking of action, I know we've been talking a lot of Giants-Jets, but let's get into our picks uh, for this week. We're going to do it game by game. We're going to start with tonight's game. We're recording this on Thursday, December the 15th. The 49ers are visiting, are visiting the Seattle Seahawks. Niners are favored by three and a half. This is the Thursday night game. Colin? 
I'm rolling with the Niners. I think Brock Purdy and company get it done. In terms of roster, the 49ers might have the best holistic roster in the NFL. Mm -hmm. I don't know if Seattle will be able to uh, even keep this one close after the first half, quite honestly. Chris? Jeez, man, this is tough. I... (laughs) You know, because it's at Seattle. That's all the part signals that, yeah. go. It, it seems to be for the 49ers spread tonight, and I just, you know, they're three and three on the road. The Seahawks are three and three at home. This is, uh, uh, you know, the immovable object, the unstoppable force. Those two very mediocre teams, uh, 49ers on the road, Seahawks at home, going up against each other. The 49ers are going to win this football game. They're going to win this football game. But as for the spread, you know, if we're talking three and a half, <laughs> it's dangerous. Give me Seattle at home. I, I, I like them to All keep right. this one close. I think San Francisco's kind of been on too much of a roll recently for me to say like uh, this is gonna. Football is just weird. Football's super weird, and I, you know this is this is how these games go. They 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 beat the Forty Niners are on a jeez. What is this? A six game win streak? Yeah. 49ers are on a six-game win streak. I didn't realize that. Wow. Um, all, all good things must come to an end. I, I, I think that their trend of listen, they won 31-14, 22-16, 38-10, 13-0, 33-17, plus 120. 35-7. This team is blowing teams out of the water. And Vegas is only giving them a measly three and a half against Seattle. Something's up, something's weird. I'm taking Seattle spread. I like the 49ers to win the game. I don't care. Give me the Hawks spread. I'll, I'll go down burning with it. <laughs> Niners have been too dominant. I know they're on the road, but I just I like them by three and a half in that. I'll keep it simple. Um, give me a great game. Saturday slate. We got three games this Saturday. We'll start with the one o'clock game. Colts going to visit the Vikings. Minnesota's only getting four um, at home. Bit of an interesting game in that one. I don't know. I'm taking the Vikings, and I yeah. think they, they will also cover there. Uh, it's not that I think the Colts are uh, atrocious in the sense of where they're at right now. Actually, I think they've overperformed given the coaching situation, everything that's gone on there, the quarterback situation. But Minnesota's been very good at home, 6-1 and one at home. Kirk Cousins having a productive season, maybe not the flashiest numbers of his career, but serviceable to the point where I like them to beat a team like Indianapolis that's kind of struggling to keep their head above water. So give me the Vikings, and they will cover. Chris? Oh. Yeah, I'm going to I'm gonna ride with you there. Minnesota minus four. I, yep. I, don't think, I don't think Indianapolis is any good, and they're two four and one on the road. The Vikings at home, it's it, – they're playing when? Uh, Saturday at 1 o'clock. What? Okay. Um, you know what? Home, 1 p.m., Kirk Cousins. Just cause Tells you everything you need to know. Just because it's not Sunday doesn't mean it's not 1. So let's let's <laughs> let's go with 1 p.m., Kirk Cousins, to do his job. I'm going to take Vikings minus 4 here. And, uh, you know, this is weird. Why are they on? They're – what? They, they're at home. They're playing the Colts. It's the Jeff Saturday effect, man. Why are they only favored by 4? I actually – I think that spread's pretty fair. I just think the Vikings, they're a good team, but anyone can compete with them. Yeah. yeah no, Last week, the Lions the beat them. Obviously, the Lions are favored. Yeah, I know Minnesota. it's the Colts. I'm, I would have guessed the spread was like five or six, but yeah, I, yeah, I think no, that's a fair. The Vikings I, at home. This is weird. Give, 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 me, give uh, me Minnesota. Yeah, I'll take the Vikings to cover, too, for those reasons. Here's uh, the game of at least Saturday, 8-15. Uh, it's the night game. Dolphins taking on the Bills, and the Bills are seven-point favorites. I don't know about this one. What do you guys think? I'm taking Buffalo. I don't think they cover 
that wide of a margin. I do think Tua keeps it close. This game is in Buffalo, which does inform my decision here. Yep. Because I think and Miami— night, it's going to be cold. Exactly. The type of game that Miami's going to want to play here is not going to be their typical style. They're going to run it a little bit more than they normally do, I think. If they do go to the air earlier than I expect them to, then Buffalo will cover. But in my mind, this stays close for most of the game. I take the Bills. They won't cover that seven-point spread, though. Jeez. These are some good lines, man. This one's tough. Buffalo seems to be like a team to ride the coattails of and just reap the the, the, the spoils there. But this Dolphins team is well-coached, and we know that. Um you know, it's going to be freezing in Buffalo, though. And it says 32 degrees in snow for the game time weather. So the Dolphins, you know, who needed heaters at SoFi uh, <laughs> when it was 55, um, have clearly heard the talk about them not being able to handle the cold. Head coach Mike McDaniel walking through practice yesterday with a T-shirt on that says, uh, what, what was it? I'm not cold or I wish it was colder. Something like that, and he was wearing. He he took his careful what you wish. He for. took his pants and he <laughs> rolled them up like as if he was wearing shorts, and walked all around practice. It was hilarious because he's heard the noise about the Dolphins not being able to handle the cold. Uh, I'm gonna guess that the Dolphins get so distracted by their attempts to try and beat the cold that they forget that they're playing a better football team. I, I got Buffalo winning this one by more than a touchdown. I've, I've been fading the Dolphins like reluctantly all year and it's it's, it's got to work at some point right so <laughs> let's go buffalo minus seven here folks. i like the bills to cover as well i think uh, miami's lost two in a row starting to look a little sloppy uh going to buffalo at night i just feel that you know weather everything in mind i just think that maybe they keep it close but i think the bills by the time it's the fourth quarter will start to just pile it on and it'll end up being like a 33 to 20 game something like that i think they win by more than seven so that's it that's the saturday slate now we're going into the main sunday slate and still you know you get a game tonight three games on saturday and then a full sunday game so if you're an nfl fan this is a dream come true so we'll start with uh eagles taking on the bears at one o'clock not much to say here uh it's at chicago the eagles are favored by nine Colin, what do you think? Of course I'm taking the Eagles to yeah. win this game. Yeah. I do think the spread is a little bit too generous towards Philadelphia, given it's on the road. I do think there's a chance that the Eagles Field is win. questionable. That's the thing. Mm. So depending on if he plays okay. or not, if, I think that's the indicator. So if Fields does not play. It says he's questionable because of an illness, though. I thought mm. it was because he was hurt. I Maybe I'm a bit uh, misinformed, but... As of a day ago, he didn't practice due to illness. If he doesn't day. play, then I take Philly to cover. If Fields does play, I do think the Bears will make it closer yeah. than anyone expects. I agree with that. I think it all depends on what Justin Fields, uh, his status. Chris? Jeez. This is a I mean, nine one. points is the, dangerous. I feel like. She's like, oh, it's the Eagles. You know, but I feel like every week the Eagles get a spread like this, and the other team's been covering recently. I've had, who, who Not was the it? Giants. <laughs> who, who was it that they played? Uh, a couple weeks back that everyone was like, oh, they're not covering against the Eagles, and then they absolutely The Colts. Did. Yeah, the Colts lost by one. Yep. That was weird. Um, The Packers losing six and a half by on that game seven to them was yeah. was weird. Like, the Titans, then they blew out of the water. The Giants, they blew out of the water. The Eagles still covered that game, the, though, against the Packers. It was six and a half. Yeah, they're, but, they're just but barely. Um, You look at <laughs> the New York Giants – Chicago Bears, they don't exactly have the greatest teams left to play. So 
even though this is a Philadelphia team that's getting better as the year goes on, um, I, I'm not too confident in them to like cover a nine point spread. I'm just trying to see if there's anything. Now nah, there's nothing on on fields in the last 24 hours. No, there isn't. So you know it, he didn't practice yesterday. Um, I'm just gonna go ahead and say he's gonna end up playing in this game, and that. I'm gonna go with Chicago plus nine. It's it's not it's not covering. I'm just gonna say that now. It's not. But the Eagles are just bound to not cover one of these games. And they've been co- they you know the Colts was the example of that back the end of November. But we are one, two, three, four games removed from them now. So, you know, I I would think that they're due for another one of these weird games. Give me very reluctantly <laughs> the bears plus 9. Yeah, I'll take the bears plus 9. It just makes it more fun. I mean, the uh, with the field is playing, there's a lot in there and um like you said, Chris, it's almost bound to happen just with the Eagles. It can't be that perfect. Um it'll be it'll be it's I think that game's going to be a lot closer. I have the Eagles winning outright, of course, but it, it gets interesting with the point spreads there. Uh, we'll move on to an NFC South matchup that actually has a lot at stake. You got the five and eight Falcons visiting the four and nine Saints. The Saints are four point favorites. Falcons, very important game. If they win, they're that much closer to taking control of the NFC South, which is a very winnable division with a subpar record. I'm taking the Saints. I'm riding with Andy Dalton. It's in a dome. No matter how he would have uh, chalked this game up, even if it was in Atlanta, it would have been in a dome. So that means he's not going to have to deal with any type of elements or something like that. I think Dalton will command the Saints to a win here. Yeah, and we have, uh, I believe Desmond Ritter is going to be starting for the Falcons. So, obviously, he's, you know, this is this is a new experience for him. So And I do think the Saints will cover with the, uh, the four. Yeah. There. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I, I would lean toward the Saints as well. Just, they got more going for them. They're at home. I, I like them here. Chris? I've been, like, fading the Dalton-led Saints. <laughs> all the time because um, it's just not a good football team. But neither are the Falcons. I, I, Ritter should have been playing earlier. And because he hasn't been playing earlier, he doesn't have the experience or the reps under his belt. This this could get ugly for him. Something tells me, though, that he's been a little aware of that, <laughs> aware of that pressure in that first game and how that's going to play out for him. I think you get a safely – quarterback game from Ritter so Falcons can stick around they just don't have the talent to and the Saints are going to be at home give me New Orleans minus four um again reluctantly because I I, I, if this line were two and a half I'd love it if it were three I would like it but three and a half four is just a little Little walking the tightrope over here. Yeah, it's getting a little, a little risky. So yeah. I'm gonna reluctantly say Saints minus four, but I, I I gotta go New Orleans at home in the dome. It's just I don't like Dalton much. I think Winston should be playing quarterback, but that that's you know why I'm not the coach. So <laughs> neither team uh, in terms of the Falcons and the Saints, they're both they've both won just a game in their last five. So. Not a lot of excitement for either of those two teams, but they both are still in the race for the NFC South, which is hard to believe. Obviously, if the Saints are a little further behind at 4-9, and nine, they have a bit more of climbing up in the standings to do, but Falcons at 5-8, and eight, you know, they're right there. Um, but with that being said, Saints at home, I like the Saints to cover by four. 
another game that I think will be fun and will be close, and we're still just talking about the 1 o'clock slate. I'm going to skip over the Jets game for now. I'm going to save Giants and Jets for the end. Um, we have a lot of games to get to, so let's try and condense our descriptions a little bit so we don't go over, over time because there's just so much to talk about here. So rapid fire, Steelers going to, going to face the Panthers. Carolina's getting three points at home. Give me the Steelers to win this game. I don't think Carolina would cover that even if they did win. Tomlin, great coach for Pittsburgh, culture type of guy, can win these fluky games late in the year even when his team's not in the playoff picture, so to say. Jeez, these spreads are just killer. <laughs> um, I And these teams both stink. Can we be honest? And the over-under is 37. What the so hell that is That tells you everything so you need to the know. The Steelers and the Panthers are both 5-8 and eight by some grace of God. They don't have three wins each. Carolina's um, on a two-game win streak. Three wins combined. Yeah, well. yeah. What is, what's, what's their coach name? Wilkes? Carolina. Steve Wilk. What's his name? Carolina. It's not Matt Rule anymore. That's, uh, that's right. That didn't work. Uh, interim Wilkes HC. Let's sounds do, about I think right. It's, yeah, Steve Wilkes. So I was right. Steve Wilkes is doing a really good job there. Um, Mike Tomlin also doing a good job as, as he usually does, but a lot of people, you know, think he he has limitations as well as benefits. Wilkes, obviously, his story is yet to be told here in the NFL, but what he does have is a Carolina Panthers team playing some football. <laughs> I think the Panthers win this one, obviously. At home, got an advantage. The spread of minus three. Now, that is a tough one to come to terms with, but I just got to go Carolina. Just got to go Panthers minus three. Have faith in this good Carolina team to keep it rolling um, because they're playing like they're a good team. I don't think they're a good team. They're playing like one, and that takes something. That takes something internally to do that consistently if you're, if you're you know, interim head coach, not the best situation off the field. Uh, for them, and, and they're making the most of it. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, jeez, I'm gonna go with the Carolina Panthers to win a football game. So uh, let's let's do that minus three. I got the Steelers actually plus three in this. I know Carolina's looked better as of late, but the Steelers won two in a row. They lost to Baltimore by just two points. I know no Lamar Jackson, but something about a Mike Tomlin team on the road late in December, maybe not in the playoff picture compared to what it usually is, but something about this game just feels like, yeah, this is a Steelers hard-nosed old-school victory. Um, I got them to cover. Steelers plus three. Moving along, Dallas visiting Jacksonville. Dallas favored by four. Still on the 1 o'clock slate here. Give me the Dallas Cowboys. I see a big running game from their backs in this one. Give me Dallas minus four. I do think they cover that. Mm -hmm. This feels like the type of game where everything will be in their favor. Warm weather climate. They don't got to deal with any cycle conditions. Dak doesn't have to do more than he's capable of. Mm -hmm. Good day for Dallas coming up. You guys see the smirk on my face. You know I want. <laughs> he's ready to say this spread is like so hard you again. Know, you know, you know I want to just. I'm going to go with Trevor Lawrence. I think he's been on fire recently. I, I think that the Jags are just – this Cowboys team is really good, right? But 10-3, and three, you know, are they that good? The Jags are somehow rolling. <laughs> um, they're expecting Calvin Ridley back next season. You They've know? won three of five. But exactly. Recently, Trevor Lawrence has kind of – Taken off the training wheels. He's been like, all right, I'm, I'm ready to be talked about as an NFL quarterback, not a young NFL quarterback. I'm an NFL quarterback. I'm going to show you guys right now. He gets out there on the field. He's finding Marvin Jones for these these acrobatic – I just 
this guy is on right now, and something is clicking in this Jacksonville building. They have a talent to get behind. They have someone good enough to say, hey, hop on my back. We're getting across this finish line, and they're loving it. I think the end of the season is where things get weird. Um, still going to be nice 60-degree weather in Jacksonville this Sunday, 1 p.m. I'm going to go with the Jags plus four, and it's so against my better judgment because I always say, oh, no matter how, you know, the team's got a really good defense, you just got to bet on them, right? You just got to align yourselves with the teams with good defenses because Dallas's defense has been the bright spot for them this season. Micah Parsons, lots of guys on that end, making all-world contributions to the Cowboys' defense. They've got to be... I don't know. I don't want to throw a number on it. They're they're like a hundred percent in the top five most formidable defenses in the league. Yeah, they only right give now. up seventeen points a game. So yeah. this is a really good defense. Uh, every dog has its day. I'm gonna go with the Jacksonville Jaguars, not to win, just to cover here. Uh, they're three and three at home, which is I, I guess a credit to their division being so bad <laughs> that they're able to squeak out some of these wins. But the Jacksonville Jaguars are are are. They feel like the kind of team to me that after the Urban Meyer situation last year would really want to heat up at the end of this season and get some of those wins back from last season that they feel they were robbed of not having the right guy steering the ship. They beat the Titans last week. They lost really, really badly to the Ravens and Lions the weeks before that. Ravens, one-point heartbreaker. Well, actually, no, the Ravens, they beat by one point. Sorry, the Lions, they lost really badly, 40-14. to 14. Give me, you know, That they, was a tough one. They already bounced back. I'm going to go with them to keep rolling. I'm not guaranteeing them to win the game or whatever. Give me this weird spread. Give me the plus four. I feel like all these. I feel like I'm choosing the wrong side of every weird spread, but maybe it'll age well. We'll see. I love the plus four. I'm taking it, too. I think it's great for all the reasons you said. The Cowboys struggled against the Texans. The Jaguars are a tough team. When the Giants went down to play Jacksonville, everyone was calling it a trap game. It ended up being that. The Giants barely won by the skin of their teeth. I think the, uh, the Jaguars, at the very least, can cover. Uh, that four-point spread. Now, we're we're running. I know I mentioned before, running low on time. We have the FUVFC fellas waiting in the waiting room, ready to talk about the, the fake football that they talk about <laughs> over there um, that we call soccer. Um, so we don't want to hold those guys up. We're going to head through these picks really quickly. Um, so let's keep our explanations yeah, to let's, a minimum. Let's go round robin. Let's, let's go round robin here. No explanations at all. Chiefs <laughs> throw the picks on at the Texans. Chiefs by 14. Chiefs to win. They don't cover. Texans plus 14, system play, too many points. I love the Texans to cover there. Probably be a 10-point game in the end, but yeah. It might be a 50-point game in the end. <laughs> it might be. <laughs> For be, Kansas yeah, City. Be, but, yeah, I know. Uh, Cardinals, Broncos, Denver favored by three at home. I hate the Denver Broncos with the passion, and I think the Arizona Cardinals are also not good. So this is this is an awful one. I almost don't want to pick this game. I, I, I might boycott watching it because of the, just you know, boycott in air quotes. Is a, you know, I'm not actually, but yeah. God, this is terrible. Yeah. Somehow, some way, the Denver Broncos are going to regain a little bit of their fan trust. They're at mile high. Give me the Broncos minus three. Yeah, give me Denver in this one. This is going to be a horrible football game. I mean, I'm just, just happy this one's not prime time. I would rather watch I hope soccer. It's not even quite, televised honestly. here. Yeah, I'd rather watch soccer. That tells you a lot, right? <laughs> right. Um, World, World Cup finals World actually Cup Sunday, yep. so that'll be a fun way. Start the day with that, and then you get a whole day of uh, NFL football. I mean, great day for sports. Back to I, I'll take the Broncos too. Cardinals look awful. So do the Broncos, but less <laughs> awful because um, they you know their defense is good. Titans at Chargers. Chargers favored only by three at home. Give me the Chargers to cover and win 
I just think this is the type of game where the wheels are going to come off the bus really early for the Titans. They're going up against Justin Herbert, who was fabulous last week. He's mm-hmm. going to keep on getting better and better every week. This is going to be the start of what could be a playoff run for L.A. Yep. Jeez, man. I, I am fading these Chargers just about every week since they lost Rashawn Slater. Uh, I, I liked them last week, though, and that, that was fun. Um, <laughs> but... Give me the Titans on the road. Wow. Really? SoFi is not real. That's not a real place. No one actually plays there. There's no fans. I know, but that's... The Titans coming in. We got Mike Vrabel's guys coming in to set the tone, run the rock. I feel as if these Titans have been, like, weirdly sneaky good all year, but, like, you can only talk about them as sneaky good. You know, it feels as if if you give them credit of being good, everyone knows it's too much. But if you say they're bad, everyone knows that's also too much. The Chargers are, like, this soulless team to me. I'm going with the team that has an identity. Give me the Titans. I'd actually – I'd move the line if I could for in favor of the Chargers. I'd take them by seven. I think they're going to blow out the, uh, the, the Titans. The Titans have lost three in a row. They look like they're in free fall mode. They've lost all sense of who they are, uh, you know, Tannehill's questionable. C.J. Board's questionable. Robert Woods is questionable. Traylon Burks is questionable. Everybody's hurt. Everyone's beat up. I just think the Titans aren't looking too good. And, hey, Justin Herbert's a lot of fun. I like them to win that game. We we have two more games plus the New York games. will be quick. Sunday night football, or pardon me, Sunday afternoon football, 425. Bengals at Bucks. Cincinnati favored by 3.5. Oh, <laughs> now this is the tough one that yeah, i got to pick right? from here. It's... Not going to be a normal one because I never bet against Brady. I got to pick the Bengals here. The Bucks have been spiraling lately. I don't think the Bengals cover in this game. I do think they win. I can never say it. Uh, well, last week, Brady, obviously, not good at all. Horrible. We, you talk about the wheels coming off the bus. That was a prime example. I do think this one's much closer. Mm-hmm. Bengals win by maybe a field goal, which is why I don't think they'll cover the three and a half. Yep. Chris? I hate this Bengals team, but I might hate this Buccaneers team more. They played so <laughs> bad and inconsistent. Yeah, they've been like shameless this season in, in terms of just caring when they feel like it. Um, these Bengals seem to have something to fight for, and and I think, jeez, they got Jamar Chase back. You know, How is that division? Let me just—I'll tell you right now who's winning this game. You look at it. Yeah, now nah, the Ravens are nine and four. The Bengals are nine and four. They want to win the division. The Bengals are winning this yeah. game. Give me the Bengals to cover. They're going to be coming in full effort. This yep. is not an end of season soiree for them. This is no. This is this is football. They're going to cover that three and a half because they are going to go in trying to win by fourteen. Bucks have a lot to play for too, but I, I like the Bengals to cover by three and a half. Um, I don't know how close it'll be. It, I hope it's a good game, just just for CBS's sake. Just you know, that's their <laughs> primetime game. You hope that it's. Jim and Tony have something to talk about, right? All right, Monday night football game, Rams at Packers, Green Bay by seven. Give me the Rams to make it close. I don't think the Rams win. I do think they cover. I think Baker has another decent game. Is he going to light the world on fire? No. I do think he's serviceable. I don't think we're going to see the decline, the second decline of Baker quite yet. So I like the Rams to cover but not win in this one. I am... I'm fading all things Baker Mayfield after that touchdown drive. I think he's the exact kind of player we've seen throughout his career. Let stuff like that go to his head. We know he's in a different situation now, pretty much playing for his career. Uh, but he also knows he's got a lot of leeway now and, and that he is probably the best option. 
that a lot of teams could have on their roster based off that one drive. I would think, you know, you would think, oh, the Falcons would love to hire me. Oh, this would, yeah, well, you're about to see why not and why he was, you know, released in the first place. Uh, I, I'm, I'm going to go with Green Bay to cover this spread, and the reason is because they have just not cared all season long. Something tells me that not being a, a statistic on Baker Mayfield's comeback story is motivation enough for them to <laughs> try this yep. week and to actually go out and win this game. So, I, you know, I like Green Bay to cover. I, I don't love them to cover. This is not anything I'm remotely confident in. Seven points is a lot for that Rams defense, considering how the Green Bay offense has been this year. But Christian Watson, they got a little juice out of him, right? They got something, go- something yeah. They got something going with him. He's got, what, eight touchdowns in, in four weeks or something? The, yeah. the, the kid's playing real well. And I think Green Bay kind of has found a little hope in themselves. Give me Green Bay minus seven. I like the Packers to win, but the Rams to cover. Don't have much time to explain, but for, yeah, I think no, Baker does one. enough. Um, all right, got to be real quick with these picks. Don't want to keep those guys waiting. Start with the Jets game. It's at 1 o'clock. Jets one and a half point favorite at home against the Lions. Let's be really like just quick here. Give me the Jets to win and cover. Big game from the defense. Big game from C.J. Mosley. Mike White plays, throws up two touchdowns. Also like a rushing touchdown from one of those young backs okay. at some point. Jets to win and cover. Part of the playoff run starts this week. There we go, Chris. Give me the Jets. I'm taking them in that. It's a pick me. It's a it's a pick them. It's a pick me. Whatever whatever you call it against the Lions. Um, give me the Jets. Give me the New York Jets. I think they are better. I think they have been better coached this season, and that would add up to a W. So I'm going to take them to win and cover. J E T S taking the Jets in this game to win and to cover the one and a half point spread. Now the game of the week. Both teams at seven, five, and one. Giants at Commanders. Washington getting four and a half. Give me the Giants to win. This is a culture win Long for day. Dable. Yep. I really do think they're the type of team that wants to grind it out and get what they can done. Good rushing day for Barkley. Not perfect. I think maybe we're looking at somewhere between fifty and seventy yards. Yeah. Chris, Giants plus four and a half. Giants money line. Uh, this team is winning outright. They are. Better than Washington. Heineke is just beyond due to screw this Washington team over. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, he is so, so due for a, a couple of throws that you look at and just go, how did that guy get a starting job? You know, because I feel like every every mediocre quarterback has a couple plays a game where you're like, jeez, jeez. <laughs> and Heineke has it, and it's pretty impressive but the time is coming. I'm always someone who says that things will regress to the mean. I'm going to do it again right now. Give me the Giants. Give me Heineke to, to just crap himself. I, I, this is not going to be good. I, I think it's going to be an ugly game. I, I think the last one was ugly. I think this one is ugly because you see some grittiness from both teams. Now they both really want to get the win after tying. And Give me the Giants. Their game plan has been working better all season long. It's just hang in there until the fourth quarter. Go get a game-winning drive. And uh, it sounds very difficult because it is, but it's been working for them. And somehow Daniel Jones is quarterbacking a successful offense. So yeah. I, uh, I'm i going to take the Giants to, to win this game, not just cover it. I got the Giants to win. I got the Giants to cover. Money line spread, you name it. This is the most important game in Giants football history for the last three, four years since 2016, I'd say. And it's been awesome talking all things football with you guys. Giants and Jets. Two big games this weekend. Will it happen? Will it won't? Good luck on finals, everybody. Um, so for Chris Percy Einan, for Colin Lochran, Bridge Gotham saying, 
So long. Enjoy your weekend of football. Happy holidays. Go Giants and Jets. Not a biased podcast, but go Giants and Jets. New York football is going to be playing in January, and I'm not talking about Week 18. So long.